0: Hey, it's me, Kelly Anakin. I'm talking about Showtime's hit series, Yellow Jackets, one episode at a time with some of the funniest people I know. Let's find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting eaten. Welcome to Bloodhive. Bloodhive. My guests today are here to chat about Yellow Jackets episode 2F Sharp. Very excited to welcome someone I know from the stand-up scene in the Bay Area. She did a project called 30 Days and 30 Dates, and she made my favorite TikTok of all time, which I will link to in the show notes, (laughs) called Packages. Please welcome Natasha Vinnick. Hi, Natasha. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you're here. I haven't seen you in such a long time. I know. I feel like I'm going to say that to every guest, because it is true. It's
1: been like, what, two plus years?
0: Yeah, it's been a really long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Longer than the Yellow Jackets were stranded in the woods, for context. (laughs) Let's bring our second guest in, and then we'll get started on the episode. She is an award-winning writer, comic, and storyteller who performs all over the world. She's also developed TV projects with HBO Max, WB, and Universal. Most importantly, she loves the 90s. Everybody... Very excited to welcome to the podcast, Melanie Maras.
2: Hi. Oh, my God. What a beautiful pronunciation, Kelly. Thank
0: you. Thank you. I try to not be the worst white person in the world. Um, (laughs) I know the bar is low. It's very low, and I try to clear it when possible. Doing amazing, thank you, thank you so much. You're doing so good. Okay, so I'm really excited to have you both chatting about this episode. I'd love to hear what brought you to Yellow Jackets in the first place. Um, just asking everybody, like, how did you find this little gem of a show?
1: Well, I saw an ad <laughs> on Amazon Prime, uh huh, while watching something else, but I saw the ad and then I remembered you mentioning something online about it. And I, I think immediately I texted you, I'm like, is this actually good? The show. <laughs> And then I watched it and I really liked it. And
0: then it. I just uh, initiated you into my cult of being really obsessed with Yellow Jackets.
1: Yep. Pretty quick. Happened real fast. Very quick turnaround. <laughs>
0: Look, I mean, as cults go, it's a great pitch. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're all kind of stuck inside again. Let's watch this.
1: Yeah. You should have Amazon just backing this cult too. Cause it worked out pretty well for them.
0: Uh, honestly, they probably already like own all of my equipment or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Bezos is everywhere. Melanie, how about you? How did you find Yellow Jackets?
2: Okay, well, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, um, but it was initially a hate watch because (gasps) there is an exec on the show who I hate with the fire of a thousand suns. (laughs) And we do still follow each other online because this is Los Angeles and that's just the way things go. And she posted about how proud she was about yellow jackets and how great the show was. So that was my first introduction. Then I started to see like little posts here and there online about how like, you know, if, if, if you're looking for the next Squid Games or like the greatest show of the year is yet to come out, it's Yellow Jackets. And I said, the hell it is. So I watched the show fully thinking this is going to be a piece of shit. And that's how I came to to, to know and love Yellow Jackets.
0: That is genuinely the best origin story that we've had so far. <laughs> I mean, it's early in the game. It's early in the game. But wow. And I... Will not ask you to identify this person (laughs) on the air, but I will be asking you um, offline. Offline. Uh, Are you so
2: angry that it was good? you know what this is how this this is testament to how good the show is is that i wasn't even mad but the thing that's crazy is that i mean obviously it got renewed for season 2 right and then me and a mutual of this you know person who i hate with the fire of a thousand suns the mutual was like oh should i mention that you're interested in like staffing in the room for season 2 and i said the hell you will i was like if i <laughs> get myself into that staffing room for season two. I said, it's going to have nothing to do with said person who shall not be named. I was Mm -hmm. like, and secondly, it's not their decision. They're a fucking exec. It'll be the showrunner's decision. So my totally innocent friend, unfortunately was on the receiving end of that. I will enjoy it, but I will not be involved is your stance. It's funny.
0: it's <laughs> just like such a heartwarming tale of someone in Los Angeles not overcoming their personal animus for somebody yeah. for a career opportunity, yeah. and I salute you for that. Yeah.
2: You know what? Thank you, thank you. It's called integrity. It's respectable.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say it's hard to be a person of integrity these days, and you're me. <laughs>
2: jobless and friendless <laughs> with integrity. <laughs> <laughs>
0: speaking of the friendless let's dive in Mm. shall we because friendless is kind of the theme of this here episode again we're going through all of the descriptions from showtime's app and imdb because they're just so beautifully crafted the teens get their bearings as misty finds hell on earth quite becoming (laughs) in the present revenge sex homework and the policeman formerly known as goth I mean, wow. Who writes these summaries, do you think? Yeah. I don't know, but I want them to get a MacArthur genius grant.
2: <laughs> okay, Kelly, I just saw your tattoo, and at first I thought it was the symbol from the woods.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing if I'd already got yeah. it? No, yeah. it's just the astrological glyph for Pluto. You know what? Change it. Change it. Put
2: a skirt on it, okay? Turn it into the hangar. <laughs> the- and a little and a hanger
0: coming out of the vagina. Uh-huh. Yeah. I envision that symbol, like, she's got, like, some Benoit balls up there, but, like, there's a meat hook. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a violent symbol. There's a lot of violence going on there. One thing to note, this is our first previously on voiceover for what happened in the last episode. And Christina Ricci is voicing this week's previously on. I think that they do try to align the actress who's kind of the central figure of the episode with that previously on. So we'll be keeping an eye out for that in future episodes. And we're right back uh, where we left off last time on board the private plane. I do just want to say things like this are why I will never fly private. I don't care. I'm like, I'm like envisioning this world where I'm so like uh-huh. affluent and successful where this is a problem that I have, but you know, there's things that only happen to the super wealthy Like skiing accidents and private plane crashes and like yachts sinking. I don't know that a yacht has sunk recently, but it just seems, it seems risky, you know?
2: I mean, I don't want to tempt fate, but I do know multiple people who have died in private plane crashes. And I know zero people who have crashed on commercial flights. This isn't, this is not a sponsored, you know, endorsement of commercial flying. It's so
0: much less often you hear about it happening. Like it can happen, Mm -hmm. but oof. And I mean, and we don't really ever find out what happened to the plane because we just have, you know, Shauna's just waking up out of her Valium induced slumber and we see Misty just kind of looking around. Everybody's screaming and crying. We do get a, a nice tracking shot of the bar cart as it crashes basically into the cockpit, where the pilots are dumping the fuel and doing other piloty things. It's not a great situation. So we then jump to 1992 in Misty's very yellow wallpaper room. I'm not making a reference to... The book, the yellow wallpaper. Mm-hmm. She's just literally got yellow wallpaper, and she's listening to Wilson Phillips. And I'm already like, oh, am I, am I already over identifying with <laughs> this little uh. freaking weirdo sociopath? And she picks up her lip shaped phone. She's got pictures of Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Leo DiCaprio on her mirror, and. On the phone is a girl named Becky, of course it's Becky, (laughs) calling to bully her about having anal sex in the janitor's closet and being ugly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's just so mean. It's so mean.
0: It's just so baselessly mean, and Misty tries so hard to have that integrity we were talking about <laughs> by quoting Plato, uh, who is notoriously popular with middle schoolers. Also uh, loved says, anal sex. Is-
1: so yes,
0: <laughs> I mean. It is, in fact, the path to enlightenment. <laughs> yeah. You know, no disrespect to the Buddha. Uh, the middle way is actually the back mm-hmm, door. Yeah. <laughs> put put that on your gravestone. You know, I hope we'll have digital gravestones by the time
2: <laughs> I go. I so hope we can just re- yeah. i will rotate
0: through them. Uh, I
2: hope that my yeah. gravestone will be an NFT. Actually. Ooh.
0: Okay. This is kind of a sidebar, but does an NFT have to be a cartoon of a monkey? I just don't feel like no, I'm but they do better this. that way. okay okay good Uh information it's like nfts and the um the tap to pay credit cards this is this is it this is my last stand i will now not understand technology ever again uh everybody please enjoy Uh, swiping your credit card when you come to visit me. For some reason, I have a credit card reader. I don't know why. Anyway, uh, thoughts on on Misty as a middle schooler? What do we think? What do we feel? Well, can I ask you to... Did you find
2: at the end of the pilot that it was a major twist and a major reveal to find out that Misty was, in fact, Christina Ricci's character? Because I thought for sure that Jackie was going to be Christina Ricci's adult character.
0: Yes, absolutely. Do you mean just because of the face?
2: Yes. Yeah, definitely the face.
0: And they both have that little, like, upturned nose. Yeah, and like the
2: huge eyes. And also, you know, Jackie's Mm -hmm. such a main character for the teenage girls. And then we know that Christina Ricci is a main character for the adult ladies. So the teenage girls, the adult ladies. Am I stupid? You know what? Don't answer that. Um, (laughs) But that was a major, major twist for me, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wasn't even paying attention to Misty. And then I was
0: like, this bitch is going to be a main character. <laughs> when when she was revealed not only as Christina Ricci, but as the person serving the girl jerky in that creepy cannibal scene, yeah. just so many, so many thoughts, so many feelings, because they had pulled close on her at the pep rally, like jumping up and down too enthusiastically. And I was like, who is this weird rando? Like, why do Mm -hmm. I care about her? And then at the end of the episode, I'm like, oh, wow. Yes, I care about her a lot. (laughs) Yeah, we should probably care about her more. She seems like she...
1: This is only tangentially related. You just reminded me of it. I made a big mistake with my friend recently. I'm like, you have to watch the show Yellow Jackets. And she's like, I saw reviews and I thought it referenced cannibalism. And I'm like, no, it's just kind of implied, but there's no cannibalism. Like, there's just references to cannibalism. It's implied, but there's no cannibalism that happens. And she's like... Are you sure? Because I've read so many things. I'm like, yeah, I'm really, I mean, I've watched it all except for the final episode, and there has been no explicit cannibalism. And then I woke up, and my friend was texting me, and she's like, the first episode has cannibalism. You are a liar. And I'm like, when? And she's like, when they strung up a body and are eating pieces of it. They're like, Oh, was it more implied? Like, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't.
0: That is an act of, like, unconscious <laughs> denial worthy of the surviving Yellow Jackets. That's
1: incredible. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I just was like, oh, yeah, I messed up.
0: <laughs> is your friend okay? Does she need therapy uh, now? You know,
1: she needed it before, so we're just adding on. Well,
0: maybe this the, the, you know, the um human spine that breaks the camel's back. Okay, anyway, back mm-hmm. on the plane, we see Misty getting out of her seat and this is another moment, like the compound fracture in the first episode where we see this random, I guess we should call them blue shirts, instead of red shirts on Star Trek, just like the randos who get killed and we have no emotional investment in, but she's got a, like a steel girder through her neck, mm. and it is horrifying, and you only kind of see it for a second out of the corner of your eye, which is what I think makes this show such effective horror Mm -hmm. is that it shows you just enough. And so much of horror being effective is like sleight of hand, unless you're going the torture porn route. And there's like an electrical crackling at the front of the plane and the rear isn't doing better because it is fully on fire. And somebody that I can't identify Catches on fire and is like waving their arms around, which is also super chilling. It might be flight attendant Janet, who we do find out dies later. But I I have never been able to identify who that person is. Anyway, it's very scary. And uh, Misty, Lottie and Thaisa manage to force the emergency door open. Jackie is shaking Shauna awake. And Shauna tries to go back and get Van from the back of the plane because the fire is about to get her. And Van, we saw, like, beating the ceiling above her seat, trying to get her oxygen mask to come on before they hit the ground. So she's not having a great day. (laughs) Her day's about to get worse because Jackie pulls Shauna away and forces her to get off the plane. And uh, we have Satan's girls choir (laughs) swelling as Shauna comes out of the plane, kind of standard, like, trauma, ear ringing. And Shauna's like, we have to go back inside. And not a beat passes before that plane just explodes, and uh, Taisa is frantically searching for Van, which I clocked in this episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, "Seems kind of gay." <laughs> um, <laughs> Misty hears uh, Coach Scott screaming for help, and this plane came apart. Mm-hmm. On this particular rewatch, I really noticed, like, there is fuselage everywhere. And it wasn't a huge plane. Obviously, private planes are usually pretty small, but it is spread the fuck out. I also want to clarify, I don't think that it's gay to care about your (laughs) friends. I Um,
1: think it is. I'll never do it again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But the the intensity of Thaisa searching for Van, I was like, hmm, seems like they might have smooched at some point. I don't know, it felt it felt very romantic. So he's
2: also not looking for anybody else. And half the half the other people are dead. So
0: <laughs> she's not asking where mm-hmm. anybody else is. She's including like, their yeah, coach. Who uh who is trapped under a piece of a wing, maybe? Yeah. Pizza plane. Pizza plane. Again, the this is so horrifying. They managed to get it off of his leg and you see it for only a second. It looks like fondant on a baking show like it's stretching Mm. it's like silly putty Mm. it's disgusting like taffy uh and again just a split second and then they cut to all of the girls vomiting you're like oh what i mean it is so shocking and misty just kind of stalks off and uh van shows up with part of her face I think burned or scorched like it's hard to say exactly what happened but somehow she managed to pry herself out of the plane before it exploded.
2: Now I don't want to give any spoilers but Van is truly a cat with nine lives. I mean she just (laughs) keeps coming back.
0: I love Van. I really want Van to make it. We haven't seen her in the present. Mm. I just I want her to be okay. Notably uh, if we remember when in the The first episode, Van was painting Allie's cheek, finishing that yellow jacket on her cheek. It's kind of like the same quadrant of the face that is messed Mm. up here. I don't know if that's intentional Mm. or if I am just going full conspiracy theorist, but I thought that was interesting. Wonderful observation. Thank you. Astute. Thaisa tackles Van from behind, and I was like, okay, that's definitely very gay but also they're traumatized I don't know like am I just queering the trauma (laughs) question mark misty Bus back in. She's gotten an axe from somewhere, which I have learned from another recap online is a safety axe. I don't know what that is. I tried to Google it. I did not find a whole lot of answers. I guess a plane. Are all planes equipped with axes? Yeah, like this that. seemed weird to me. And where
2: where are they? Where do they live?
0: Are you a pilot or other aviation enthusiast listening to this podcast? Please email bloodhivepodcast at gmail.com and let us know. Is there an axe on your plane?
1: And like with everything. Being strewn about, everyone's like, Oh, our suitcases are somewhere else, and whatever, somewhere else. I was very surprised that she just found that axe real quick. Real quick, yeah. (laughs) I'm like, You've been eyeing that
2: axe the whole flight. That's all that makes sense to me. (laughs) That might have been her personal axe that she brought with
0: her. Oh, yeah, we're flying private, you know. Misty was gonna join up with the LARPing community (laughs) in Seattle. So anyway, she just chops off uh, Coach Scott's leg. Whoa, whoa, no whoa, hesitation. Whoa. Just uh, shoot. Uh-uh. And then she makes a tourniquet out of her belt and, and tells everybody to help her move him. And she is spattered with blood. Everybody else is just like, what happened?
1: I think there's a really great music cue that moment. I just remember some song comes on, like, right? I forget which song, but it was just so perfect.
0: It's the one that's like, I'm hungry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Thing. I tried to look it up on their playlist and uh, I wasn't there and then I made no more yeah, effort. Yeah, that's fair.
2: Because, I respect that. Um, well, let's not forget that Misty did take the Red Cross Babysitter Training Course twice. 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 <laughs> twice! twice! Now, has anyone, have either of you ever taken it
0: and what do they teach you in there? Like how to amputate on the fly? I, I <laughs> took it. I don't remember amputation on the fly. I think... We learned how to do the Heimlich and how to do CPR, like none of which I retained. Yeah. God forbid. But I mean it was really just, you know, I just like needed it for my babysitting resume. You know, just like, oh I I probably won't kill your child was kind of like the seal of approval from that. Yeah.
1: If I had a kid and I needed them to be babysat, I would not want my babysitter to know how to amputate. (laughs) Like that seems dangerous.
2: (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not i'm never hiring
0: misty like, to babysit uh-uh. Uh-uh. can you even imagine uh-uh. oh my god uh-uh. oh wow okay uh i'm gonna write that fantastic <laughs> um uh, back in 2021 misty is on a date listing a bunch of really weird things that turn her on did any of those stick with
1: either of you steamed clams <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like yeah girl
2: knuckles oh um uh, muscly calves i think she said oh, muscly god. calves yeah. oh wait but is that sort of referencing a visual that we saw <gasps> oh, oh my god
0: i believe it might be
2: i believe it might be ever
0: since she chopped off coach Scott's <laughs> you calves, so right she's
2: <laughs> on it. but don't we also see her gnawing on um uh, oh my god it is uh, a leg that we see her butchering well, but like uh, in the in the roasting uh of what we can only so hope is human flesh is she
0: not gnawing she on a calf so she loves them calves i don't remember her gnawing but <laughs> maybe i'm confused i am i am deeply upset by this image okay uh
1: did he list muscly calves
0: anyway also deeply upsetting to me is her almond shaped manicure like filed to perfect point points, and it's like a nude co- there's something about it that is so unsettling to me it just it doesn't feel right she's wearing an outfit straight out of like 2001 like a little tank top with her like bras lace visible over the the top of it
2: kelly i like that the thing that you find unsettling about misty is the shape of her manicure
0: thank you i am a very normal person my priorities
2: are good. Everything about Misty seemed right, except for the nails. nails. You
0: know? <laughs> I was team Misty. I was
2: yeah. I'll tell you what's <laughs> off about that girl, the fucking shape of her nails.
1: <laughs> Otherwise, on board.
2: I'll have her babysit my kid anytime. <laughs> if she cuts those. <laughs> <points>. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this guy does not want to be on this date with Misty. He's trying to get out of there, but she, like, almost silently manipulates him into staying. It is so weird. Like, he's like, oh, you don't have to get up early. She's like, it's literally six o'clock. Um, but he just, like, he is so freaked out and he wants to go, but she manages to make him stay. I don't know. What do you make of that? What's interesting about Misty is I think when she was
1: younger, there is a part of us that could be like, oh, she's not getting social cues. You know what I mean? Uh, But as she's older, I don't know. I think she gets them, she registers them, and she just doesn't care. She wants what she wants, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. And I think she's learned to manipulate other people's social cues somehow. Yes, Mm -hmm. Or what it is with her. But I mean, she if you look at this Misty versus the young Misty, it's like, okay, you have figured out how to mimic things much more effectively. There's Mm -hmm. a haplessness to young Misty. And adult Misty is so terrifying. Mm-hmm.
2: Adult Misty is preying on. Let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. I I, I, I thought I was going to say something really interesting, and then I realized I wasn't. So I stopped Ooh. myself.
0: <laughs> uh, every podcaster is <laughs> still oh, uh,
2: There's that integrity
0: uh, again, folks.
1: I wish
2: I had that restraint. <laughs>
1: You know,
0: it's interesting
2: because she, adult Missy is very quietly manipulative, but it's manipulative to be the victim somehow. She's mm-hmm. the victim of this man who doesn't
0: want to fuck her. Yeah, it's so strange. It's like she's leaned into that victim mentality. Um There's definitely a lot to criticize about that show, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but it reminds me of that early episode where one of the mole women has, like, learned to weaponize her victim status. The mole women? Um, (laughs) Mole women. The mole women. She doesn't seem to understand what's appropriate, for sure. But she does uh, understand what's appropriate in a trauma situation back in 1996. uh, She's supervising everybody's first aid because of that babysitter course. They try to find some alcohol to uh, disinfect the coach's leg. And everybody shames Nat for having a drinking problem, Uh, specifically Laura Lee, which felt a little bit too mean for her. Like, I know that she's religious, but she doesn't seem particularly vindictive. So it felt a little bit like they were like, well, we have to make her upset for some reason. But Nat doesn't know where her bag filled with contraband is. So uh, Van finds some sea breeze astringent taking me all the way back. And uh, that is apparently Jackie's. But when Jackie's like, hey, that's mine. Van looks at her with a scorching gaze as hot as the fire that torched her face Jackie gives it up they pour it on coach's leg and he screams and Thaisa just like lies to him about how bad his leg is which is the correct choice again like Misty's like about like ready to give him all the details <laughs> and Taisa's <laughs> like do you want him to freak out even more than he's already freaking out oh my god so Misty's bedside manner uh uh-uh. is one thing that never really improved based on what we saw in the last episode with her denying medication to a patient.
1: Yeah. What was neat about this scene? I don't know if it's neat, but I think it's the first time, because I think Jackie, when she kind of messes up by not letting Shauna grab Van, I think in the moment we're like, oh yeah, maybe an explosion would happen and it's impossible to get Van out. I think at least I was like, okay, fine. And then, but this moment I think was really like, oh, they're showing us who Jackie is. It's like, Mm -hmm. yo, your whole plane just crashed. Your coach has no leg. You're going to get fussy about your... (laughs) Astringent. But my combination skin. I'm like, "Uh, babe, no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I think they really were like, here's who Jackie is, you know?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think what's also really important is that it's like we're setting up this animosity between like Van and Jackie, which I do think will be important later.
0: Mm -hmm. I definitely think so. Nobody can hold a grudge like a teenage girl. I fancy myself pretty good at it as a Scorpio, but Uh uh I'm nowhere near the power I had as a younger person. It takes a lot of energy to hold a grudge, so. It's work that some of us are
1: willing to put in the work, and that's
0: (laughs) admirable. Again, integrity. This podcast is all about integrity and grudges. (laughs) Back in 2021, Shauna's driving. She calls her daughter Callie, who I defended in the previous episode. I didn't have a huge issue with her. In the interactions that we saw, but in this episode, I'm like, you are trash. You're a trash daughter. They need to put you on the curb with the trash because you're trash. (laughs) And she's like, literally, like, Callie is at home. Shauna is just like, can you go get the chuck roast, I guess, out of the freezer and defrost it? And Callie acts just like a complete monster. And we find out later she never does defrost Uh the meat, but... She's such an asshole to Shauna that she rear ends this guy in a truck in front of her. He's a scruffy young hotman. Um, <laughs> he's probably like in his mid 20s. Uh, Shauna immediately calls him an asshole. And he does have a coexist bumper sticker. So she is technically correct.
2: It did seem like that perhaps that asshole was really for her daughter, Callie. And he was then the recipient. Oh, wow,
0: she's projecting. that, you know, that Mm. that feeling. I could see that. But, I mean, she also did just hit his car. Nobody's ever feeling their best when they've been in an accident, whether it's a fender bender or... A a, a plane crash. Yeah, a private plane crash. (laughs) Not my top moment. (laughs) Um, I
1: do find this scene with Adam, like, a little bit unbelievable. Uh, A lot of bit unbelievable.
0: Tell me more.
1: Well, okay, This guy is real chill for having been rear-ended. You know what I mean?
0: He just wants to coexist, man. Oh my god, yeah. He's an artist. He's a free spirit.
1: And, like, the way they are both, like, flirt town so fast, I I don't know. I was just like, this doesn't seem like a real thing that would happen, you know? I would be like... I'm just in my feeling bad mode if I just hit a car. I'm just in my, like, weird I feel bad, not like, oh, is this person hot, you know? I don't know. I found it hard to believe and very suspicious.
2: You know what's interesting is that it's like I felt the same way, and yet I was totally willing to accept... That Misty randomly found an axe, chopped off the coach's leg, and he lived. <laughs> I was like, that guy would never hit on Melanie Linsky. And I'm like, but this other situation is totally fathomable.
0: Here is what I have decided uh, in my personal relationship with my Lord and Savior, Yellow Jackets, mm-hmm. is that. I'm fine with everything. Like somebody commented when I was like announcing this podcast, they were like, "This show is so unbelievable. They couldn't destroy the black box." And I'm like, "Block! I don't want to hear that <laughs> Block! I don't care. I don't, I'm Tommy Lee Jones in The Fugitive. I don't care. Okay, everything that happens on this show is fine. I don't know why. Usually, I'm a thing ruiner." Usually I want to poke holes in everything, mm-hmm. but in this show I'm like, yeah, absolutely everything that happens is like totally sensible. And uh, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Narratively, um, great production design. I don't have any problems with it. So I don't know what it is about this show. Maybe it's just like the 90s thing or like the female gaze of it all. But I'm just like, I, I will accept anything that happens. It does not bother me.
1: I want to be clear. I'm very pro Adam and Shauna. I am like, <laughs> I love this. I want this. But I am still oh in my, my head God. like this seems like unlikely.
0: Fascinating. Would you say? Would you say that you're shipping them?
1: Yes, I. I oh, it, yes,
0: and the whole time I'm incredibly suspicious. <laughs> Which I think. The show does that. Everything that happens, like, I am so suspicious. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what? And there's a lot of suspicion to build in the present day in this episode. Like, now that we have all the table setting out of the way, Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, my God, we have a haunted child. Uh, We have Jeff doing some stuff. Like, just everything seems like a threat. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. it is. And it is. And it is.
2: I mean, the other thing is that, you know, Adam, when he is speaking on the phone with Shauna, he says, you seem like someone who doesn't play by the rules. Why would he say that to her? Why would he say that to her? It's, again, very weird. If that's not suspicious... What is mm-hmm. that? He's had mm-hmm. a five minute interaction with her in which she ran into him and then called mm-hmm. him an asshole. Absolutely.
1: I mean, I'm, I, at this moment, I'm like, oh, he already knows her. So I, I, I had surmised after this episode, I'm like, he is Travis's little brother. That was my guess. And then uh-huh. I continue having that guess.
0: The other prevailing theory about Adam is that he does not exist. What? what? He wants to coexist because he does not exist. (laughs) Wow, Um, that's interesting. I I never bought this particular theory because when he calls Shauna later in the episode, we do see him at the body shop where he works. And so it was like, well, there's no reason to show him in such a specific location if that is made up. But again, this show
2: can and will do anything.
0: Like, I never feel like I know what's coming. True. Hmm. After the car accident shauna is in couples therapy with her husband so that's where she was going when she rear-ended the hotman and their their sex life is non-existent apparently we bring up that tricky inventory database Uh like honestly the drinking game of this show is like take a shot every time somebody says inventory database (laughs) also call ahead to the hospital Their therapist says, marriage lives up here, dies down here, uh, meaning (laughs) marriage lives in your heart and dies in your crotch. And they get assigned sex homework, which is always something that people enjoy. They have to do it, but they also have to share a fantasy with one another that they've never shared before. And they look a little uh, uncomfortable with this. Well, the husband's
1: like, yeah. And immediately the wife is like, no. (laughs) Like, in the moment and I'm like okay I was watching this with my friend who I traumatized because I lied to her about Aww. cannibalism um and she's she's a therapist she's watching this scene and she's like the room would never be this dark <laughs> <laughs> The room in that scene was very dark for some reason. Anyway. Well,
0: if marriage lives up here and dies down here, you got to set the mood. Exactly. She's not like those other therapists. She's a cool (laughs) therapist. You know what? This scene and then
2: the scene that follows where, you know, they try to spice up their sex life. What it really taught me is that you can, as a star soccer player, as a teen, you can crash in the wilderness, you can survive for 18 or 19 months. You can eat your friends. And 20 years later, you still have the same boring-ass problems as everyone else. Which, for me, that was the most hopeless part of the whole show.
0: This is a really nihilistic show. And I think that may mm-hmm. be why I'm so obsessed with it. Like, I'm a nihilist under good circumstances when things are going well and like well we're all doomed um and again after the last couple of years i'm like oh you know oh don't try to make me feel better media show me the cannibalism that we all have to look forward <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> back to misty uh stan driving her home because oh her car wouldn't start isn't that so weird no misty that's not weird we know that you did it you did something to your car. <laughs> and also
2: how is Missy like a uh, electrical so like she not only knows how to amputate on the fly and cauterize, she also knows how to get under the
0: hood of a car. She took the Red Cross uh auto repair course okay. twice. Okay. Okay. I
1: mean, by now in her life, she's taken a lot of weird courses. Because this
2: is so many years later. Well, and also, she's also been on YouTube. It is 2021. Exactly. She's on YouTube University. She knows how to hotwire a
0: mm-hmm. car. I'm sure the citizen detective community is full of a lot of people True. who have a True. lot of sketchy skills. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're absolutely right. So she tries to get Stan to go inside and does a move that I'm honestly not not considering using if i get desperate enough (laughs) where she's like oh i get it you don't think i'm pretty if you thought i was pretty you would come inside (laughs) and like stan just does not stand a chance stan Uh -uh. is just some nice looking weird guy with a mustache and he comes in to meet caligula who is her pet bird (laughs) and again bird people run stan get out of there shield your eyes misty also has the clapper all of the lights in her living room are controlled by the clapper it is just almost <laughs> too much information so when she claps the lights on we see natalie with her rifle <laughs> Who says, Hello, Misty, you crazy fucking bitch.
1: What a perfect like lighting cue uh, line, all of it.
0: Stan, this is finally the last straw for Stan. He's just uh-huh. like, you know what, the bird wasn't enough, but this, I'm out of here. And Christina Ricci does the weirdest, most excited, almost sexual smile mm-hmm. when she sees Natalie. Oh, she's full she's fully turned on.
2: Oh yeah. She soaked her drawers. Mm -hmm. She dumped her fuel. Mm -hmm.
0: We didn't hear her mention that in the things that turn her on. Knuckles, my high school friend showing up with a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie says that Misty must know why she's there. She pulls out a postcard that has like the mountains and wilderness that says, wish you were here. And on the back is the symbol that I don't currently have tattooed on me. Will I get it? Maybe Misty has a lot of theories about who might have sent it, and she also has tea, coconut liqueur, and sherry in the cupboard. Every minor detail about this woman's life becomes even more horrifying. Like, not only does she pronounce it liqueur, she <laughs> has coconut flavor. Does anybody here like coconut liqueur? I don't want to. Uh -uh. okay, great. Cause that is like, that's like the sociopath's choice to me. I'm like, why don't you just get coconut water? She's just so perfectly created.
2: (laughs) Also, why does adult Misty have the home of a 70 or eight year old woman on like life support?
0: (laughs) Maybe she is imitating her patients, the better to terrorize them. I don't know. I mean, even her, even her middle school room felt very a grandma decorated this maybe she was raised by a grandparent we really don't know much um and even throughout the series we don't know a whole lot about any of these people's families of origin they all seem to be only children except for travis we don't hear anybody really talking about any siblings and i don't know if that's significant but it's just you know they they all kind of sprang fully formed from that plane <laughs> Yeah.
2: Well, the thing I also found interesting was that symbol that's on the postcard. Well, first of all, I was like, well, obviously Misty sent it. That was my first thought. Mm -hmm. But then I thought I was surprised to find, you know, when we go back to the plane crash, that that symbol is uh, branded onto a tree. So the symbol was there before them, which I was Mm really surprised about that because I was like, oh, this must be a symbol that they came up with as they Mm -hmm. began to eat each other
0: but it turns out the symbol. (laughs) So now I'm just like, well, who put the symbol on the tree? Mm -hmm. Great question. Great question. And the other thing, I guess this is actually two things I love about this show is a, the progressive disclosure makes things more terrifying. Like the Mm -hmm. reveal that that symbol predated them being in the woods, but then also how much they just don't tell you what anything means. Like again, we're recording this episode before the finale. I know I'm going to be satisfied by the finale, but they are not going to answer hardly any of the questions that we had. How and could I they? Love how that.
2: could they? It's
0: they only one hour less than. <laughs> <on. laughs> it's like we've already spent like 40 minutes talking about not even like a fourth of this episode like it's just it's so dense I love it yeah and
2: also it is a bit foreshadowing that that symbol that Kelly does not currently have tattooed on her wrist does sort of look like a caveman's abortion (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no spoilers no spoilers no spoilers
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. Thank you for that gift. We go to an edgy dive bar because a sherry is not hard enough for Nat. And she has a beer and a shot. Misty, hilarious, is like, oh, thanks. You got me a drink. And Nat is like, absolutely. No, this is all for me.
2: Also, does it not seem like they're in a tiny town? And
0: Misty's like, I've never been to this bar. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she is very into sort of like a 1980s murder she wrote aesthetic. So I feel like she would not go to that kind of bar. I don't know. True. Maybe True. I'm wrong.
2: And like with who? She doesn't have friends. That's a good True right. Tr- Caligula can't go to the bar. <laughs> no, no. Uh-uh. No, no, no. no birds no allowed. Birds Del- no birds <laughs> allowed.
0: This is where we find out that Misty is a citizen detective, a.k.a. private investigators, except no one hired us for Esper. <laughs> and she delivers that straight, just a completely great face <laughs> that is not a ding to her she's like we are warriors yeah uh, nat and no one wanted us
2: <laughs> yeah natalie has a perfect response which is just nothing <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is misty if not a caveman's abortion persevering um natalie thinks the postcards are a threat misty doesn't seem to agree what i love about natalie is that i don't think she has any critical thinking skills like at all the the more that i've rewatched i'm like oh poor nat it's like she can get about 75 percent of the way there but she then just like she can't keep going and i think that's because of her trauma which we'll get into Mm -hmm. um her trauma beyond this plane crash, which is wild. Nat looks through Misty's Yellow Jackets file, and she has a card from Jessica Roberts, aka J-Rob, from the first episode. Um, Misty floats the possibility that somebody talked, and that's why Jessica Roberts is poking around. And then Nat pulls out a photocopy of a driver's license, and is surprised that Misty found Travis, who's the older of Coach Martinez's two sons. Then a guy who is hot, but obviously Canadian. Um... (laughs) Sends over a drink and then comes up to talk to Nat. Uh, It's only Kevin Tan, who we all know about. Kevin Tan, her goth best friend from high school, which I just, again, the show can do no wrong. I don't care. Um, He drops his card. Again, for some reason, all of these people, I guess as a function of their trauma of either being stranded in the woods or knowing about that, they're all just doing paper cards still. Misty snags that for her files after Nat just, like, absconds with Travis's info. So this is, like, her best friend from high school. He comes over and is like, hi, and she's like, I really don't have time for this. Bye. But she isn't even generous enough to say that. She
1: says almost nothing to this man. (laughs) (laughs) it is wild it's
0: just like glaring at him and I'm like oh honey <laughs> and it's like Juliet Lewis is somebody where I'm like I'm not sure it's that she is a great actress so much as she just does things and people are too afraid to ask for a second take and <laughs> <laughs> that feels so accurate <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it works it's been working for her I hope she's okay I hope she feels creatively fulfilled like I do know she injured herself on this show because what? adult Nat is a very her physicality is so like she folds herself up and kind of scrolls mm-hmm. the way that a teenager would and obviously Natalie is now in her 40s but yeah so Juliet hope you're doing well Um, don't be mad at me for saying anything about you please <laughs> In 1996, back at Quigley Hospital, Javi, who is the younger Martinez kid, he's looking for his dad. They find Travis, who is sitting and being very broody with his horrible 90s haircut, and Nat tells them that is looking for their dad. Travis is just a straight-up dick and says that his dad fell out of the door to the plane after trying to put an oxygen mask on one of you idiots. Um, so, yeah, great. This is a really good connection for you to make, Nat. <laughs> anyway because when she's like oh can you like help your brother like this whole thing sucks but like he's here and he tells her to mind her own fucking business and uh-huh. can i just say that oh, about travis a note mm-hmm. about
2: travis when they are in the bar missy pulls out her file and Juliet lewis natalie she sees travis's uh driver's license For me, I was really surprised to know that there was anyone who was still alive in present day beyond our four girls. Mm -hmm. I assumed that everyone Mm -hmm. else had died except for these four. Did you two feel the same way? Or were you like, there are probably other survivors.
1: For me, I'm like, this is the second episode. Maybe we're finding about more still. But I assume there weren't
0: many. I think I was pretty ambivalent about it. I didn't start watching until I think it was like the, the fourth episode was up. So I don't know. I I wasn't like thinking ahead as much because I knew I had them kind of locked and loaded. And then I started getting much more into like conspiracy theories um, when I had to wait a week in between episodes. But I think um, this was definitely I mean, it's the confirmation that there is somebody else out there. Yes. And
1: I mean, so even now, I know that the season finale is a lot. So we've watched all up till then. Even now, I'm still like, I wouldn't be surprised if they introduce another one mm-hmm. that was still alive that
2: we don't know about.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's actually, that's my prediction for the finale, honestly, is like, we're going to find out somebody is still alive that we thought was dead.
2: Well, it is their high school reunion in
0: mm-hmm. the finale.
2: So I we're going to mm. really see them still alive. I forgot.
0: That's exciting. I don't know about you two. I wouldn't go to my high school reunion but if I had been in a plane crash with a bunch of people <laughs> from my high school, some of whom I had eaten, yeah, I would definitely not go to my high no. school reunion. No,
1: I well, I already didn't, and I ate nobody. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> oh. you heard it here first, folks. Natasha Bennett, not a cannibal. Uh-uh. Hopefully, hopefully, that reassures your poor traumatized friend.
1: I know, Lisa. I'm not a cannibal. <laughs>
0: Taisa gets back to her home late with food from Roombas, which is, I'm guessing, a Cuban place. She got sandwiches. Yeah, I think it's
2: a vacuum shop. <laughs> it's a vacuum shop. <laughs> Leave it to Thaisa to pick up sandwiches at a vacuum shop. She's such a bad <laughs> wife and, and mom. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past her. Honey.
0: <laughs> you want a robo back? You want a robo back? <laughs> this is now a vacuum and sandwich shop. her wife simone is upset because she missed a parent teacher conference unlike their son she cannot be swayed by pastelitos uh simone sends sammy and his creepy doll manny to go watch tv i uh yeah i don't there's something upsetting about this doll i don't it might just be me being sexist and be like boys don't play with dolls but it's just like okay okay great go watch tv with your doll who we refer to as person um apparently he's having a hard time making friends i don't know maybe it's because you gave him a creepy doll did you ever think about that <laughs> yeah just spitballing here i'm not a parent by the way
1: uh, well it's just to other kids they're like oh he's already taken
2: and they <laughs>
0: It's already taken. Yeah, <laughs> all the good ones already have a best friend or a creepy doll. It's so hard out there for a six-year-old.
2: I mean, between that and his like vacuum cleaner sandwiches, like Sammy really yeah. doesn't stand a chance.
1: He has no chance from Sammy. Sammy is short for sandwiches, by the way. That's what <laughs> they mean. <too. laughs>
0: they have really committed to the bit, <laughs> and I can't respect that. So when Thaisa hears that Sammy is having a hard time making friends, she's like, well, I was a loner at that age. There's nothing wrong with a little self-reliance. And I'm like, I think perhaps the 19 months you spent in the woods eating your friends might be coloring your perception a little
1: bit here, madam. Listen, I was a loner Nate. my friends. He's fine. <laughs> at like, they least- you have friends to eat, though. <laughs>
0: At least he has a doll. I didn't have anything. Um Thaisa, I love Thaisa because everything that happens to adult Thaisa is like the PowerPoint of all of my reasons for not having children or a spouse. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. I too would fail to put my family's needs ahead of my wins. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, anyway, it's important to know your limits. Uh-huh. They're they're concerned about Sammy. I really love um, the actress who plays Simone. Her name is Rukia Barnard. I just really love her performance. I don't know. She's she's not given a lot to do. I have a lot of issues with this relationship and how it's portrayed. Like I love the two actresses. I love the idea and then it's just like they're kind of to me it feels like they're just kind of stuck in this oh political campaign like snooze why would I care about a political campaign there's cannibals afoot (laughs) no it's true I mean Shauna and
2: Jeff's relationship is so well written and then their relationship just isn't oh speaking of actresses by the way, have you looked up the actress who plays Misty? Because she is like hot as shit. Like she's she this, is. Like, she's this little yes. hottie patati and she's also engaged. And I'm like, okay, so, oh, a girl who plays a teenager on television is engaged, and I can't
0: even get fucking engaged. Anyways, I would ask you to marry me, but I just said that I would not put my family's needs ahead of my whims. So it's not like not a sell, not a sell. <laughs> <laughs> they they do discuss whether or not they should have put sammy into private school uh but apparently public education is the cornerstone of Thais's platform uh as a politician and like didn't she just start running for office like three months ago like hasn't he been in, in school for a couple of years i have no idea how old sammy is i just i feel like i have questions about this family unit he's too old to have a doll too old to have a doll too old to have a doll that he carries everywhere like and watches tv with (laughs) yeah anyway the other person who has questions i think is sammy because he looks around and satan's girls choir kicks in and it's like what's up with this kid Mm -hmm. why is he connected with satan's girls choir like this is this is creepy back to the relationship that's written well jeff and shauna are awkwardly undressing and she's cracking jokes which is usually the thing that tank's All of my intimate relationships. (laughs) Jeff wants her to pretend to be a customer at his furniture store. And I just, I love Melanie Linsky so much. I know that like on the spectrum of body types and weight or however you want to classify it, she is not fat. But for somebody like me who identifies as a small fat, somebody who has boobs kind of like mine on TV, I'm like, yes! It just It's so exciting. So Melanie Linsky, thank you for being yourself.
2: I am obsessed with Melanie Linsky. And I absolutely mm-hmm. think that every single thing she's in is elevated by her performance and absolutely. her presence. And yes. it's so interesting that she... And she just also, talk about integrity. She's like the only actor in Hollywood who seems to have any kind of authenticity. And I listened to one of the interviews she did for Yellow Jackets. And one of the things she brought up is that she was like, I didn't have to lose weight for this role. Me being just the size of a normal woman is not a plot point, nor does it have anything to do with my character. And like, it's
0: so refreshing.
2: And I absolutely agree. And I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, she's amazing. Just really incredible. Shauna says she feels stupid about this little exercise, but she does not give Jeff any confidence or a boner. We all know how fickle those can be. Shauna kind of commits to the bit, and then does this like awkward British character named Tabitha who wants to return an armoire?
1: How dare you return my furniture? <laughs> says Jeff.
0: Don't you know about my problems with the inventory database? Also, <laughs> oh, like, like Jeff's
2: like hot, and that guy he Adam is, is, is hot, so like ripped. He has what's up- I mean,
0: in the work. I respect that.
2: Yeah, he really does. When he's not doing inventory database, he's he's. Pounding weights. That's what people who work out say, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. I
0: think he cross, he CrossFit? He absolutely CrossFit. Is that a verb? He CrossFit. (laughs) CrossFit. Anyway, uh, he then sees the number written on Shauna's arm. And she kind of goes from bad to worse with it. She's like, why did somebody write their number on her arm? She's like, oh, I just went just in this car accident. He's like, you did what? And she's like, oh, like, I'm fine, by the way. That really kills the whole mood. Jeff goes off to jerk off and watch sports center in case you forgot that he is a dude okay he's a dude <laughs> he's sports he crossfit
2: he jerks off
1: there was like it's a, a tiny a tiny moment i was it's very small but i don't know why it really like impressed me where he she's like we had a small accident it it wasn't a big deal and he goes on the flip side I was like how come you didn't tell me it was an accident and i i guess i really like that she didn't rise to his level and she exactly she's like just like I said before, because it's not a big deal. And I was like, very like, ooh, look at those like nice boundaries mm-hmm. in some ways, you know? She's I'm very
2: impressed. quietly gaslighting him. That's she true. is, for sure. For sure. And I love that too. I love that. <laughs> Go primer. get him, girl. I love
0: that. <laughs> <primer>. <laughs> she learned to quietly gaslight in those woods, y'all. <laughs> Survival skills. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: She didn't get eaten. You yeah. know, she did something right. That's right. Yeah, that's right.
2: Also, why do all these people still live in this town? If I was in this crash and everyone knew I had done eaten my friends, I would move to the other side of the planet, change my name, not be online.
0: Yes. Yes. This is what I get very excited about finding out if there are other survivors, because then the story changes because then it's like, okay, so we know that Nat has spent some time there. Because she's storing her Porsche and her gun there. Uh, (laughs) As you do. (laughs) Also, how does she have a Porsche? Like, what did she pay for that with? Um, I think that is actually, they got settlement money um, for for the crash. I can't remember. I think it comes up in like a screenshot of a Google search later. But I think there was some kind of settlement that they all got. Obviously Misty's still there. Thaisa is still there. Shauna's still there. So who are the people who did leave if there were other survivors? And then why is there then this additional layer of pathology to all of these people who decided to stay? It is just, it is absolutely wild. Especially when like, They do live in suburban New Jersey. New York City is right there. They could just go disappear. Yeah. But they've decided to remain in this community where their notoriety... Cannot be hidden. They also don't speak to each other. Yeah. So weird. It's so
1: weird. I do get that like trauma, like there's like such a fear of change and that whatever else you could experience could be worse than whatever you're experiencing True. now. God, you're smart. I could see that being part of
2: it. Natasha?
0: Oh, I'm not smart. I'm traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. <laughs> and
2: also, I guess
0: if you were in the woods for 19 months and your only thought was, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. I just want to go home. Yeah. True. True. Great point. Okay. Now that I'm here, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Back in 1996, when uh, their trauma was just a little rosebud that had yet to bloom, Jackie is very concerned that Van hates her because she left her to die, which is okay. But, like, also, Jackie, can we, like, let's triage our emotions right now? (laughs) Everybody is going through their luggage to find, like, medical supplies. And Laura Lee finds her suitcase and her teddy bear who is missing an eye. Um, Jackie also had a teddy bear that was missing an eye in the pilot. I don't know that that again means anything different bear, not the same bear, However, she also finds Coach Martinez's body, which is impaled on a tree branch and dripping blood onto her. I really like this shot in this reveal. It reminds me of the movie twenty eight days later. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Natasha. Oh, I love it when there's mm-hmm. confluence like this, but in twenty eight days later. Um, there's a scene where blood drips into Brendan Gleeson's eye. And it is it is so similar to this and it's so chilling. Everybody rushes over because they're like, oh my God, Coach Martinez. They can't figure out if he's alive. Jackie is like, let's throw stuff at him to see if he moves.
2: Like a shoe. Jackie just gets more and more useless with every frame of this episode. Exactly.
0: Apparently vaunted influence <laughs> has not worked for her once Mm-mm. since the plane crashed. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. everybody's arguing about what they should do until Travis just sees his dad climbs the tree very tall tree it's right I was like I could never um no, I don't crossfit I don't it's a little weird I don't drink celery juice I could never do this but um no parkour my no parkour? <laughs> <laughs> way you mean like those Ben and Jerry's where there's like chocolate in the middle yeah classic parkour <laughs> <laughs> I really worked my core last night <laughs> I don't think Travis has a plan. I think he and Nat both share the inability to think critically. Mm -hmm. They're very biased towards action. It's just impulse, impulse, impulse. And they don't consider the long-term consequences. So he scales the tree as if he was born to it, uh, and then tries to kind of, like, climb out to his dad, but then that branch cracks and hits the ground, so... If Coach wasn't dead before that, he is certainly dead now. And then this is where we get that reveal of the the symbol from the postcard. It's like carved on either that tree or a nearby tree.
1: So I was so not ready to have the symbol be pre-crash that I was like, maybe someone in this brief period of time decided to carve that symbol (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) I have gotten over it now. the
0: trauma (laughs) response.
1: Uh Exactly. No, this can't be there. (laughs) Has to be something unreasonable.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So um, back in 2021, uh, Thaisa also got a postcard. This is our first confirmation that she did. And she's looking at it when Simone comes in and asks her to go read to Sammy, who won't open the curtains in his room, apparently. They call it Dracula's Crypt, which is fun. I was like, I feel like I keep seeing like these flashes of fun in what should be like a fun relationship. But then they keep talking about Thais' political career. Anyway, Sammy's sick of reading, but he doesn't want to go to the park because he has no friends. Thais is like, I'll be your friend. Nobody wants their mom to be their friend, Thaisa. Like, I know oh. you didn't have any friends, but that's not part of self-reliance.
1: It's weird moms who are like, I'll be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mom would never do that. She's like, nah, good luck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you got to learn sometime. Mm. Um, so she does those like hand shadow puppets on the wall, which honestly, I was really impressed by. I was like, wow, what skill. Um, I guess that's yeah. how they entertain themselves in the woods. <laughs> yeah. I also thought she must have
2: picked that up in the woods. I
0: absolutely thought that. I said, how else could they have entertained themselves? They had MTV. Like, what else were they going to do in the woods? Like, they were like, we need to figure out a way to, like, reenact some music videos or, like, a movie. Like, (laughs) she makes a wolf with her hands, which I was surprised she even knew, honestly, because she does that and then flashes back to a real wolf. And I'm like, oh, no. What happened with a wolf, Thaisa? Uh, We don't know. But she is clearly in the throes of basically just like a flashback and kind of like goes away. She's like, you know what? Uh, Enough of this. Let's go to the park. This is going to be great. She opens up his curtains. (laughs) Terrifying child drawings. Everywhere because he doesn't want the lady in the tree to see him this just escalates very quickly like i was already like okay you're haunted you have a doll satan's girls choir is singing when you're in the shot and then i'm just like the who's the what why my guess at
1: this point is i'm like it's misty misty has been hanging out in the trees (laughs) for sure
0: (laughs) About Misty, that's not out of the question. It wouldn't be crazy. Thaisa demands that he tell her what he means, and he's like, I just did. And then he just sings this creepy song uh, while looking at her. He's like, Sanny, Sammy, uh, Sammy, Sammy. Uh, For me, the way that he looks at her here, I'm like, he seems to think that you should know what this is. Mm-hmm. Like, he is saying this in a very matter of fact way, and mm-hmm. it is just, it is like, what is happening with this kid? Like, is there a ghost? Is there a demon? There could be anything. I am like, again, all bets are off.
2: Chills, chills.
0: Mm-hmm. Even just talking about it, like, oof these these episodes make me so scared. Everybody, yeah. So
1: there's, scared. there's a lot of what a uh, Netflix
0: subtitles call eerie vocalizing. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is like, uh, you know, like Pixar. Uh, kind of craft their movies in such a way to make you cry. Like, a good horror movie uses eerie vocalizing in the same way oh yeah
1: some of the cuts are so good when they do like a ah, mm-hmm. with the vocalizing and the like cuts of yeah. something you're like oh that was so you guys did good there <laughs> you guys did the thing
0: i am just gonna keep singing the praises of the editing on this it is so effective for the storytelling mm-hmm. in shauna's kitchen she takes out uh the chuck from the freezer because callie did not and takes a call from adam who's in this auto shop and he's like why didn't you bring your car in and apparently he's the guy that he knows at the auto shop will do it for free. And he'll do that if she has dinner with him. And Shauna's just like, I, what? No, which is the appropriate response. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, oh, I don't know. You just seem like somebody who wouldn't play by the rules. Like, why? would? Because she hate your car and call you an asshole. So they have this kind of awkward conversation. And then when they get off the phone, he says, enjoy the rest of your minivan, which I love. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> great, line, great line that's a great one shauna is kind of dejectedly looking at her chuck roast and then she looks out in the garden and uh there's another rabbit out there so she kills and butchers it and like i always say when life gives you rabbits make rabbit chili
1: or bunny chow <laughs>
0: <laughs> what if somebody thought that was bunny food and they were like oh I got this bunny chow for my bunny, bunny chow cannibal rabbit very on brand though the, when we see her
1: cutting it it is just so the way she acts it's so like oh yeah she has done this before this is like in her bones now how she does it you know
0: it's kind of how it's- I felt about starting a podcast up again honestly <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, my hands they know what to do
1: <laughs> I've been here before
0: I'll be here again <laughs> a calmness and Mm -hmm. i mean i think everybody kind of feels this way when they get a very discreet task with a clear beginning middle and end it's like yes i can't control a lot but i can control butchering this rabbit Mm -hmm. back in 1996 the team carries coach martinez's body back to the trash site nat gives travis a drink from her flask i wouldn't waste good alcohol on travis at this point frankly like i know he's sad but um you know, I'm like, if Nat is drinking as much as they seem to be implying that Nat drinks, I'm like, you need that. You're going to get the DTs here in a couple of days. In 2021, speaking of Nat getting the DTs, <laughs> she's in her hotel room, not wearing pants. Also a theme with Nat in the future. She's just never wearing pants. Why should she? Yeah, that's a good point. Who does she need to wear pants uh-uh. for? Yeah. Uh-uh.
2: Talk about someone who doesn't play by the rules. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Nat no pants.
0: <laughs> calls travis whose number is on misty's photocopy and he says that she's got the wrong number like to me it's clear that it's him like she recognizes the voice um and she's listening to peaches in case you didn't know that she's like a riot girl
1: type He's... and she does not the scene do one of those wild body bends that yes. you're mentioning back at shauna's
0: house the sadekis are eating chili and listening to jeff complain about furniture store inside <laughs> baseball it is just things that nobody cares about and Shauna like tells Callie to get off her phone and listen because a man is talking. And Chef compliments the chili and asks, is this a new recipe? And Shauna's like, yeah, I killed a rabbit in the garden we'll it chin to anus. And then they just cut her off. And they're like, Oh my God, you're so weird. Like what? I just, Shauna, how did you, how did you get to be in this family? Like what happened? Like, why are they acting like you're not a badass? Like it's, It's not a normal thing to say, admittedly, that you butchered a rabbit, but it's just like, it got to this point where she can't talk about anything that happened out there except in these really weird, oblique, transgressive ways. And so obviously they're just not communicating with each other. And it's just, it's so strange. Also, would
2: would Callie not have like more interest in her mother who survived in the wilderness and ate her friends?
1: maybe not she's an asshole Mm -hmm. and it's different being like raised by someone you know I think it's some year maybe when you're older in your 20s or 30s where you're finally like oh wait the world is different you know maybe
0: she cared when she was little and then she became a teenager and was just like boo
1: I do think the response to Shauna saying that she skinned a rabbit was like to me it implied that like Shauna's dropping weird shit every once in a Mm -hmm. while like she's dropping weird stuff because no one reacts like oh you're weird to that they would react seriously if she's not regularly saying some pretty. So I think she's kind of a snarky lady, you know, she's
0: definitely a snarky lady. There was so much snark in her flirtation with Adam, Mm -hmm. both like at the scene of the car crash and on the phone, Mm -hmm. Uh, like her whole like, Oh, like, are you being adorable right now? Does that usually work for you? Which is Mm -hmm. very of a piece with the younger Shauna and even her snark when they're trying to do their sex fantasy. I haven't mentioned this actress. uh, Her name's like Sophie Nellis. I think, plays young Shauna. Mm. I'm not familiar with her work, so I'll be sure to mention it in a future episode. But, like, the physicality and just, like, the vocals, like, they just do such a beautiful job. And even in cases Mm -hmm. where, like, they don't necessarily, like, they didn't necessarily work together. Like, I don't think Samantha Hanratty, who plays uh, Misty as a teen, and Christina Ricci, like, they didn't communicate but had like the same mannerisms and gestures. Like, it's very interesting to me. Back in 1996, uh, you know it's 1996 because Portis Head kicks in. <laughs> <laughs> An embarrassingly high number of these songs are on my sex playlist. So <laughs> I <laughs> need no to rethink what kind of eating I'm doing to that. Uh, <laughs> but I'm fun. Ah, cannibals. We got jokes. <laughs> Uh, and so they they've got a fire going they drape their yellow jackets victory banner over their dead in the aisle of the plane and lottie uh has finally found her bag. she was kind of looking around frantically for it she's found uh what looks like a super limited number of her antipsychotics that we saw her taking in the first episode as somebody who gets a little dizzy when she can't have her zoloft on time my heart just goes out to her i'm like this is gonna be bad shauna tries to buck everybody up and is like oh yeah the plane is probably sending out a distress signal it's gonna be fine and then van is eating corn nuts and jackie's like well we should probably conserve some food one of again so many great just single line readings in the show van's just like you want to save the corn nuts (laughs) it was so good she's had such a bad day let her have the fucking corn nuts
2: remember when you left her for dead Jackie remember that it was
0: like eight hours ago yeah it yeah. was recent remember when after that you were like let's not use my astringent on the coach's severed leg Ugh. Thaisa goes up to Mari uh who's kind of standing off to the side and Mari's like hmm looks like you did Allie a favor by breaking her leg Uh, which is definitely, uh, you know, uh, pun intended. That's definitely uh, the kick in the shins that Thaisa needs right now. It's just be like, oh, wow, we're really fucked. Back in 2021, Shauna, I guess, is smoothing over this whole rabbit thing by initiating Jeff's sex fantasy while he's, like, crunching numbers. He's always making a smoothie. He's always sharpening a pencil. (laughs) This is a man who's really into that whirring sound. For some They're keeping him busy. Yeah, you know, he's got
1: I I wouldn't say she's smoothing over the rabbit thing. I would say she ate her rabbit and she's like, I'm ready to fuck.
0: You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> oh, I wasn't crabby. I was just anemic. <laughs> I think she was empowered
1: by the whole thing, though, mm. more than, like, trying to make it not weird. Yeah, that
0: makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's very visceral, you know? It's going to mm-hmm. awaken your more primal instincts, I think. I say that as somebody who has done very little butchering even of a dead animal. So Mm -hmm. very little. I don't know. Is anybody here vegan or vegetarian? (laughs) I don't
2: think you could watch. I don't think you could watch this show if you were, Uh, honestly. uh.
0: Back in 1996, Laura Lee is not okay. She says the plane crash is all her fault (laughs) because she kept messing up the titular F sharp during her piano lesson and called her teacher a bad word in her head. And someone asked me, what was the word? And she just whispers, cut. <laughs> and it's that mordant, gallows humor. And just everybody, it just sets everybody off. They've had such a terrible mm-hmm. day. And I felt initially very protective and concerned about Laura Lee. I was like, oh my God, are you okay? And then she eventually also starts laughing. I'm like, okay. <sighs> I'm really glad that you can see the absurdity and that God would not punish you and everybody in your life for that. I worry about her a lot. I was very religious as a child. uh, Mm. And I just, I I feel her pain very acutely in this moment.
1: We also see Misty not get it.
0: Misty does not get it. And it is chilling.
1: Yeah. And she sees everyone laughing and she's like, oh, this is good, Mm -hmm. I guess. She
0: she half-heartedly joins in, but we definitely see her not understanding the humor. And her response to that is to shove the axe in the fire (laughs) for no reason. That's That's (laughs) not going to come up later.
2: (laughs) I love you. Yeah, it's like the girls are all having a giggle fest. Hmm. Yeah, makes me think of. Did I leave that axe?
0: <laughs> what is creepier? Uh, Sammy's doll or Misty's axe? Sammy's
1: doll. <laughs> all
2: right. Misty's axe,
0: Melody, I get. Melody, any thoughts? You know... I'm going to go with Misty's axe. <laughs> I respect I love that. a split vote. I love a split vote. Um, I'm going to leave it there. I don't think we have to choose. You know, the show contains multitudes. So does Lottie, who steals terrible clothes from TJ Maxx, then returns them, and she has thousands of dollars in TJ bucks that she never uses. She is the most affluent one.
2: Anyone's to blame, is it not Lottie for providing the private plane? Uh, yeah, oh, so
0: Wow.
2: I see All how, like, fault. that never seemed to cross her mind. Poor Laura Lee is like, I'm going to take this burden.
1: Wow. I assume Lottie's the one they eat, and it's for that reason. They're like, you do this.
0: <laughs> I like a show that eats the rich. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, eat the rich. Ah, the Yellow Jackets. <laughs> They're the proletariat. Uh, Jackie's big confession, which is funny, but I'm like, shut the fuck up, Jackie. Nobody cares. Like, neither she or Misty could ever read The Room for such different reasons. So she used to sneak into the living room and pause the color of night on Bruce Willis's wang. And it's just, it's that annoying thing where you have a friend who's like being sexually active in high school and they have to like remind you at every possible opportunity. It's like, this isn't, shut up, Jackie. Nobody cares about you or Bruce Willis's wang. Even though she's never had sex, but you know. Yeah, she's never had sex, but she needs to remind everybody that she has seen dicks. She's seen Mm -hmm. two dicks, Bruce Willis's and jeff's misty goes back over to coach scott who's a little ways away by his own fire and tells him that his leg's gone and back at the other fire jackie asks if shauna did something that could cause a plane to crash this may be like does she know that she's been banging jeff there was like something about it so shauna does not reveal that she too has seen a dick and it was also jeff's uh because they're interrupted by coach scott screaming because misty put that red hot axe on his stump to cauterize his wound oh my god it's just like every time you get to a place of safety in this show they're Mm -hmm. like hey guess what (laughs) you're about to be real upset
2: yeah i mean it's a great point about jackie and misty both not being able to read the room for different reasons it's like jackie can't read the room because jackie's a narcissist Mm -hmm. and misty can't read the room because misty's a sociopath Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. for
2: sure absolutely
0: and it's so interesting too when you consider misty is so much more useful than jackie who's just kind of clueless Mm -hmm. um speaking of the 90s whereas you know misty she can't really form these close relationships but like she is really really useful for everybody here that's what we keep hearing in this whole episode is I was like, thank God Missy's here. She's amazing. Wow. We would be so fucked if Missy wasn't here. And it is true. She is still a horrible person, but she is really helpful and really useful. And she does in her weird way, love all of these people. I can't see why else she would be the equipment manager for the star (laughs) soccer team. Like she just, she just wants to be included. And at this
1: point I wouldn't say there's anything, you know, to her in 1996 where you'd say like oh misty is a horrible person for any of this yet you really? know
0: her watching that rat drown didn't like unsettle you when did she watch the rat in the drown? pilot oh, turns out it slept through the whole pilot <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't remember the rat drowning you know i
2: was wondering what she was doing with that rat and also i was like whose swimming pool is that and wh-? i think it's hers I'm like, why are you just sitting next to the swimming pool in your jeans?
0: I I don't know.
1: Oh, that sounds basic.
2: She found out
0: out there was a rat drowning out there and she wanted to see Okay, you're right. Misty is bad. I take it back. Misty is bad. (laughs) It's the final requirement for her Red Cross animal abuse course. Jeff thanks Tabitha in 2021 for shopping with him. And he goes off to take a shower. He's kind of cute here because as he's walking in the bathroom, he like does like a whoop. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: imagine being that
2: excited to fuck your wife who've you been with since high school <laughs> yeah it's so, a little sad I mean, I think the
0: other thing that's interesting is like we see all of the surviving yellow jackets being kind of frozen in time to a certain degree and Jeff is as well like whether that is mm-hmm. because of his own unique situation or because he has married a yellow jacket like is that kind of part of the job
1: mm-hmm.
0: anyway Shauna then sees his phone, get a text from a Bianca confirming a meeting in the usual place at 4 p.m. Oh, Shauna, I'm so sad for her. She's just like, oh. But she had to have,
1: who cares about inventory database? Like, she had to have
0: known something was up. You know, I think that she really wanted to not know. Even if she had those suspicions, she really, really wanted to not know which I think is even more interesting when you look at the mm-hmm. fact that like her relationship with Jeff started as an affair and it's like, I don't like, does she have to not ever consider that possibility?
2: Well, now she's yeah. got options. So she's like, not that fussed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And she's like, well, it is. I got she's this like, I found out, this Adam. one co guys. So look out. <laughs> uh, back in 1996, everybody's sleeping next to the fire, except Misty, who's wide awake and sitting up actually not that dissimilar to her rat drowning posture and she goes off into the woods to pee and hears van and laura lee talking about how incredible she is and how fuck they would be if she wasn't there and then as she's squatting to pee misty spies the blinking light of the black box and she wanders over to it uh transfixed back in 2021 nat leaves her motel and goes out to her porsche which won't start Hmm. hmm, even more, hmm, Misty pulls up beside her. And she's like, oh, I was just getting coffee and I saw you. And I'm like, where is this motel? <laughs> is there a Starbucks drive through right? attached to it? <laughs> you know, she's she's not a good liar, but there's something hmm. about her where people just like can't seem to call her out. I don't know what it is. But now just like, yeah, I was going to go up north. And Misty's like, oh, yeah, like to see Travis. And she's like, well, why don't you get into my Fiat? I conveniently have the next two days off work. And Nat kind of begrudgingly gets into the car. And she's like, I'm going to drive. Things go from bad to worse when Misty asks if she prefers podcasts or show (laughs) (laughs) tunes. And Misty already bought a coffee for Nat so we've got three very suspicious coincidences here and misty goes on this whole long rant about like oh i always buy two of things to share new york style pretzels uh pumpernickel from the bagelry i'm like oh my god <laughs> no.
1: i honestly couldn't believe that nat drank that coffee as soon as i'm offered a coffee from misty i would switch it with her
0: coffee and drink that yeah, one you that's know that's a really I'd be good one yeah especially if you're on a tv show never drink a drink that you haven't seen prepared No. Nope. No, it is in interesting life, all the time
2: <laughs> that like misty does get away with so much of this because i think people just want her to shut up and stop talking so mm. it's almost as if natalie doesn't want to continue the line of questioning because she doesn't want to have to continue to hear misty speak and like lie to her yeah you know
0: and again um, i mean nat is just like She is so focused on going up to find Travis that even in the face of all of this weirdness, she's like, I don't care. I just want to see Travis. So they drive off. And then back in 1996, Misty goes, picks up the black box and smashes the shit out of it to the callback, uh, dulcet tones of Wilson Phillips. Hold on, uh, to prolong her reign as queen of the damned. It is, I feel like this was the moment for me watching this show where I was like this show is fucking crazy even more than shauna butchering the rabbit I was just like
2: what
0: is wrong with these people
2: Mm -hmm. can I tell you that I found this moment more psychotic than when they kill the girl slice her open and roast her I found this more psychotic (laughs) which apparently did
0: happen (laughs) I assumed that that part, like the the girl slicing, had a survival component, even as much as it's framed as this sort of like weird ritualistic thing. This is anti-survival.
2: I also got really worried. I was like, how will they ever get found
0: now? Even though
2: I know they do get found because we've met them in 2021, I still was
0: overcome with fear. Oh my god, it's terrifying! It's absolutely terrifying, and I mean that's that's the end of this episode. We end both episodes with Misty looking deranged, <laughs> so I think that might be a theme of the show.
1: Yeah, well, I think especially after we see her ruin the black box, we're like, oh yeah, she definitely. If we didn't believe she ruined the car, uh, we're like, yeah, she exactly. Ruin the
0: car. Well, and when she was on her date with Stan, her car mysteriously wouldn't start. So it's just like, yeah. okay, here's somebody who's willing to disable a uh, heavy machinery to get what she
1: wants for any reason. I do wonder if she didn't overhear those girls talking about how Misty's saving the day, if she would have still destroyed that mm.
0: box
2: in that way. You know what mm. I mean?
0: I do wonder, I guess we'll never know.
2: We'll, no. never know. we'll never know. I mean, it really, you just can't be too cautious in giving out compliments.
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I took away from this.
2: That's the lesson.
1: <laughs>
0: Ah! okay so as we're wrapping up here we heard earlier from Natasha that she's shipping Shauna and Adam Melanie is there a relationship you're really rooting for at this point
2: I'm gonna go Laura Lee and Jesus
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what what I like about that is I feel like it's very achievable you know yeah they're both they're both already halfway there (laughs) and Jesus always comes back you know yeah would either of you bring any survival skills to the table in a situation like this
1: I can wiggle my ears, so that's like 30 seconds of entertainment.
2: I would say that I am even more useless than Jackie. I'm pretty mm. sure I'd be the first to die. I don't think I'd ever make it off the plane.
0: What about yeah. you, Kelly? I mm, I mean, I am very bossy. Mm. So there's there's a part of me that is like, could I... Bluff my way through by telling other people what to do. Um, I don't, I don't know. I I don't have a lot of upper body strength. I don't know how to shoot a gun. Um, How are you with a knife? Let's find out, you know, (laughs) let's find out. (laughs) I did okay. I did do axe throwing. Um, oh, yeah, oh. I just oh. Out that I was bad at it. I was okayish at that. You've
2: also taken the Red Cross babysitter course.
0: I have taken no. it. It was a long time ago. You know, I might want to take it a second time. Do
2: you think they still you offer it?
0: <laughs> I'm sure they. It's probably online. Honestly. Mm. Um, okay, and uh, did anybody have a favorite '90s nostalgia moment from this episode? I think mine would have to be the sea breeze. It just, you know. Those those full-page ads in YM Magazine. Uh, I was in love with Misty's phone. Oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. lips.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was Lottie's caboodle. Yes,
0: that caboodle did uh, hit me right in my feelings.
2: And it, it survived the plane crash, you know? The pilots didn't, but the caboodle did. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, I was a little jealous of Lottie in that moment. I was like, God, she's this cool girl with a caboodle, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs>
0: Uh, her dad's super rich and she's on these drugs and yeah. she has a caboodle like ding. and just thousands of dollars in tj bucks yeah tj bucks mm. i don't know i don't know it's possible that lottie has had it too good for too long mm. which leads me to my next question so who do you two think at this point in the series who is the antler queen and who is the pit girl who dies in the beginning pit girl lottie okay antler queen misty except we know misty isn't the antler queen okay I might have
1: slept through the whole first episode. <laughs>
2: Honestly, I
0: like, mean, did you watch Pilot? Are, are we talking are the okay? same show? <laughs> you said this is a friend recap?
1: <laughs>
2: okay, okay. Let me let me back off on the Antler Queen question and say Lottie's Pit
0: Girl. Okay, Lottie's Pit Girl. <laughs> Melanie.
2: Okay. Well, having seen all the episodes except for the finale, and not uh, no spoilers, I mean, I think that they have us really set up, you know, because we do see the back of Pit Girl, right? So you know physically it's like she does look like she's gonna either be Lottie or Jackie I think Jackie is pick girl and I think that Lottie is antler queen okay wow yeah
0: I in that first episode they very prominently showed Jackie's heart necklace which in this episode is still on Shauna I believe right and it's one of those things where I think it's like Maybe that's a red herring that like loops all the way back around because I have just been sitting through every episode, like just watching it. Like, where is it? Where's it at? Who's got it? So we'll see. I honestly, though, at this point, I'm just like, it could be anyone. This show could do anything. It could be someone we haven't even met for some reason. Like, I just, I I thrill to the possibilities of this show. Yeah. I mean, there also are some theories that Jackie's still alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people think that Adam is Jackie in a twist. Oh. What? <laughs> I haven't heard that before. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what? They're That's like, okay, so she bullshit. survived, <laughs> she transitioned, and she's Adam. I don't personally buy into that one, but what I really like about this show is that it has just captured the imagination of a certain subset of women and i think that's great
2: i
1: agree adam's travis's younger brother we all know okay, it okay, okay. we all, know. all right
2: okay you know wow, i okay. did think that i did think that but the more that i thought about it i was like he's too young javi's mm-hmm. not that much younger than them uh, and adam does appear to be like 13 14 years younger than uh, shauna and also is javi not latino and is adam not he white is. I can see Adam going
0: either way. The actor is uh, Latino, but. Oh, he is. I mean, I, yeah. So. Okay. Now that's a twist. But I also feel like, I feel like Shauna would recognize him. You yeah. know? Like, but like, he's like
1: prepubescent, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Everybody gets people weird.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know everybody, but I feel like, okay. So we all kind of grew up with Christina Ricci. I feel like if you saw a picture of Christina Ricci when she was like 10 or whatever and then saw a picture of her now you'd be like that's Christina Ricci true true, even if you had a little doubt in your mind you'd be like oh yeah that's definitely her she's got strong face you know very strong face face. (laughs) Uh, well I'm gonna wrap it up here thank you both so much for bringing your strong faces to the table so so excited to hear what you think about the finale later on and thanks again
2: thank Thank you.
0: you Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review Bloodhive wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to recommend us to your BFFs and frenemies however you can. Subscribe to Kelly Anakin's hilarious Patreon or make a one-time donation to Kelly-Anakin on Venmo to help us keep the content coming. Send a voice message to Podcast at gmail.com for a chance to hear your Yellow Jackets hot takes on an upcoming episode. Bloodhive is a production of KA Collaborative. Our theme song is Eat Your Heart Out by Wolves. Special thanks to today's guests, the team at Cosmic Standard, and my own personal judges' table. Last but not least, all praise to the Antler Queen.